The following message is a presentation of Valley Metro Church, a community of believers dedicated to knowing God and making Him known. Each one of you here today comes here, comes into this room with a story. Each of you has a story. Now, sometimes we come to terms with our story and sometimes we never really think about our story. Sometimes our story is a great story and sometimes we might not be loving our story so far in life. Um, But the good thing is, the good thing is, God is still working on our story, amen? God is not done with our story. And with God, the story always gets better. It always gets better. And I wish I had time to hear everybody's story because that's part of our God stories, our testimony. And it's really important. If any of you are in a um, small group midweek, one of our life groups or Bible studies, there is a perfect forum where we get to know each other and actually share stories. And it's amazing to hear what journeys each of us have been on and struggles and victories and and just experience. It's really amazing. In fact, when we hear each other's story, it helps spur us all on to greater things. I love hearing stories. But God is not done with your story, and He's not done with my story. And we're going to be starting a three-week series starting next week about your story, about your story, your past, your present, and your future in a, through a lens of, of God's Word and God's Spirit, your past, your present, and your future, and how God wants to leverage everything that's happened in your story so far to have the best present in the ways of God and the things of God and the best future. And I would encourage you to don't miss this, this series, but I would say before we can really talk about um, your story or my story, I, I think it's important that we first talk about God's story. Uh, I am convinced that we can't really know who we are until we know who he is. Uh, that is very true, I, and I know that because I lived outside of that realm. I lived doing life my way, working on my stuff and my story, and when I realized who God was in the fullness of his offering and what he was offering, when I, when I understood God's story for what it really was, it completely changed my story. And so today we're going to look at it, God's story. It's his story, and some people would see the word history right inside of God's story. It is his story. Because I think when we look at God's story, uh, we have a greater appreciation for our story and how our story fits into God's story and how our stories actually get better when we really look at um, God's stories. Again, there there was a time in my life when I lived my life outside of God's story. I wasn't really concerned with God's story. I was concerned with my story. It was my story, it was me, myself, and I, and there's many people going through life worried about their story, concerned with their story. I will tell you now, looking back, I was living half a life. I felt like I was halfway alive because after I acknowledged God's story and the power of it and the magnificence of it and the love of it and the new beginnings and the, uh, just the grace of it and, and the perspective and the future, once I understood all that, I looked back and said, wow, I was really just living half a life. So I don't think we can have a profound story without understanding and appreciating the fullness of of God's story. In fact, the Bible records for us the greatest story ever told. It's been the world's bestseller since books were published for a reason. It's God's story. It's ancient. It's it's, uh, 
2,500 years old, some of the scriptures we have writing back from the time of Moses, and we're documenting the story of uh, 40 authors and 66 books written over uh, three different continents, and, and all pointing to the love and the divine nature of God and his story and how he engages his people. And every time God engaged people, the people he engaged, their story changed. Their story changed for the better all the time. When God engaged the community, the community got better. And so we can't really look at our story until we uh, look at God's story. And so um, every story, as you know, has a beginning. Whether you like stories through movies or you like them through reading books, um, however you enjoy your stories, uh, every story has a beginning. And today I want us to look at just uh, the first four words of the beginning. Because the beginning of the story starts in such a profound way, and then we're going to look at one of the first uh, families, individuals that God began to engage and really change their story. I want to focus on those two things this morning. But the first four words of the Bible, and we have a, a graphic for it, the Bible begins this way. Would you say it with me, please? In the beginning, God. One more time. In the beginning, In the beginning God. And this is where the story begins. In the beginning, God. Everything started to change because God was in the beginning. If God wasn't in this season of time, this little era, nothing would have changed. But because God was in the beginning, God began to see and speak and do and move and change and transform. And the world began to come alive, including life and everything that we know. Every story that develops later on started right here, in the beginning, God. And I, I want to bring this up because, again, in my life, I've had many things that I've done in my life. There's been many things I started in my life, and I didn't start them with God. I started them with me and myself and I. I look back at my history, and there's many things that I didn't begin with God. I'll tell you, anything that I did make with God, a decision, an aim, a choice, uh, it's always been good. Uh, but I've made decisions without God, and they didn't end up being very good. And you might look at your life that way, maybe your story, when you reflect back, um, when you really include God in the beginnings of what we do, and God's really in it, um, we tend to have a much better story. And this is just an amazing part of Scripture, because it starts with these four words. In the beginning, God, Elohim. The word Elohim suggests a very plurality to the one true God. The one true God, but there's a very plurality to the name Elohim. And we know that because we know Elohim, God, is the Father and the Son and the Spirit, and we see that fold out through the revelation as we continue to look at Scripture. But everything starts right here. Every good story starts right here. Your story, when it gets good, starts right here. The things you're doing in your life right now, choices you need to make, aims that you're pursuing, and, and no matter what it is, if you start with this, your story gets better. I know that because I've left this out. I see this in Israel's history where they didn't start some of their beginnings. They've had new opportunities, and some of them they did not start with God. They started with their own agenda, their own narrative, their own uh, desires, their own concerns. They didn't end up well, but when they started every new venture or every new choice, including the individuals in Scripture, including you and I, when we start within the beginning God, things tend to go a, a whole lot better. So I would encourage you this morning, um, put God first. Put 
God first. The Bible says if you put God first, he will give you the desires of your heart. And it's so easy in our lives to say, I like the idea of putting God first, but actually putting God first doesn't always happen. Everything gets better when you're starting everything. So say, in the beginning, before I start this thing, this new job, this, this pursuit of a job, I'm looking for a new house, an apartment, a condo, a place to live. Uh, I'm wondering about this. Before all of it, before all these choices to say, in the beginning, God, God, I want to put you first. I want to bring you into about what I'm doing because I know my story gets better when you are in my story. Does that make sense? And this is how we want to pursue our story. So the next uh, 10 chapters or so of the Bible show God uh, working in the lives of people. And we see him begin to work in the lives of people. Uh, and, and as he does, uh, we get to know more uh, about God's nature and we get to understand his ways and his direction. He begins to unfold more revelation as time goes on. And I want to look at the beginning family of faith, the first family where, where the family of faith began, according to Scripture. And that would be uh, with Abraham. And if you have Genesis chapter 12, I want us to look at this scripture. This is a be, uh, uh, an important focus on what God did in the beginning, specifically in a person's life that ended up completely altering their story. And in fact, this story began to alter our story. There's a, it's a very powerful um, scene where we see God engaging uh, humanity. And when this happened, um, you know, this individual in the story was living life without adventure. And when God entered the picture, when God entered this person's story, this person's story changed and turned into an adventure. And I found that to be true in my life. I wasn't living with real adventure. I was living with a, a counterfeit adventure. And when God's story entered my life, I really started to enter into uh, adventure. But it's uh, Genesis chapter 12. We have it for the screen, or if you read it on your uh, device, if you have your Bible with you this morning, it starts this way. Verse 12, uh, excuse me, chapter 12 of Genesis, verse 1. The Lord had said to Abram, go from the country, go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse. And the peoples on the earth will be blessed through you. So Abraham went out as the Lord had told him. What's cool about this is God suddenly shows up in Abram's life. We know him as Abraham because the name changes to Abraham. But the point is, we'll call him Abraham. God shows up in Abraham's life. We don't have much backstory on Abraham. We don't really know what the uh, relationship was. The scripture is silent on what did it really look like and what was going on in Abram's life and, and what was God. We, we don't really know. It, it, it seems to suggest the way it's laid out in, in scripture. If you read what comes before it, it seems like God showed up. And God showed up and said, Abram, I'm watching you. I see you. I got a plan for you. I have an epic story and I want you to enter into this adventurous story. And he speaks to Abraham and this is where the whole thing begins to shift. Not just for Abraham, but for everybody around Abraham. So God suddenly shows up, steps into Abraham's life. If you're a note taker today, I'd encourage you to write a few key things about how your story dramatically shifts because of God's story. Um, and the first one is this. Sometimes God needs to interrupt our story uh, so we can step into his story. 
Sometimes God needs to interrupt our story so that we can enter into his story. Uh, I would look back at my life and I could see clear markers along the way where God was lovingly engaging me and lovingly interrupting my story, but I was not letting him change my story. That was my problem. That was my issue. I was postponing the grace of God. I was postponing the great adventure that God was calling me into. I was still living half a life until I couldn't deny the fact that God was getting my attention and God was interrupting my story so that I simply could not deny the reality that he's calling me into his story. So sometimes God needs to interrupt our story so we can enter into his story. And when God called Abraham, uh, Abraham was being called into God's story. That's what's going on. Abraham's living his life outside of God's story. God calls Abraham, speaks to Abraham, and says, I am calling you into my story. If you'll step into it, this is what it will look like. And again, this is where the amazing adventure begins. When you and I get called into God's story, the amazing adventure begins. So Abraham hears God's voice. Abraham obeys God's voice, and Abraham follows God's direction. We see this in the narrative. We see his feet start walking in a direction. Yes, I hear you, and I believe, and I'm going to walk this out. Usually, there's a true evidence. If we really step into God's adventure, if, our, if, if his story begins to change ours, and we really step in, then there is a direction change. It's not like, yeah, I believe in the principle, and we go back to what we're doing. There's usually, a, uh, the Bible calls it repentance or change your direction. We change our mind and our feet start moving in a direction because we really believe what God is saying. And that's what Abraham uh, is doing right here. So the second point is this this morning, guys. Uh, the adventure begins when his story starts becoming part of our story. When his story starts becoming our story, that is when the adventure begins. And this is so important Because the Bible says, what gaineth a man to gain the whole world but lose his very soul? There's people pursuing so many things in life, whether it's fame, whether it's fortune, whether it's whatever the intent, the motive, it might sound noble and it's cause, but it's outside of God and it's outside of God's story. And the point is, that's not even adventure according to God. God's like, when you step into my story, this is where the adventure begins. Abraham knows that because he just stepped into it and the story starts to get very epic. Uh, He changes, his family changes, that whole nation changes. In fact, our faith today is built on the shoulders of giants, and the Bible traces it all the way back to this family and this transition right here. When Abraham chose to step into adventure, when he let his story become God's story, when let God's story become his story, he became what the Bible refers to as the father of faith. And uh, this is a key uh, scene that we need to look at really quickly. But um, he put God first, and the adventure begins when we put God first. And I would just encourage you, maybe you're here today, it's back to church Sunday, we're finding our rhythm again, we're including faith as a key part of our rhythm in life, getting back to church, but I would encourage you, ask yourself, am I putting God first in my life? Because if not, this is the takeaway today of the entire message, am I putting God first? His story, my story. Is my story, story first, or is his story first? Maybe you're still figuring that out. Maybe you know it should be his, but it's not. It's the time to say, God, you're first, and your story is going to direct my story because that's where the adventure begins. And regarding this adventure, there's some really cool things that God says about uh, this adventure. He says a few key things. He says to him uh, in these verses, uh, he says, um, you will become part of a great nation. You will become part of a great nation when 
you step into God's adventure, when his story becomes your story, when we turn and we follow, when we begin to join in the things that God is doing, um, you do become part of a great nation. You become part of a great family, the family of believers. The Bible says we have this inheritance through Jesus, this side of the cross, for those of us who are in faith, built on Abraham to the cross to where we are now, the Bible ties this faith together and says we have an inheritance that will not perish, fade, spoil, or go away. We have an epic future. We are part of a great nation. We are part of something so much bigger than ourselves. See, Abraham could have said, no, thank you. I just want to stay right here in my own little world and focus on me, myself, and I. But God says, I'm calling you into something so much bigger. I'm calling you to be part of a great nation. If you will go on this adventure I'm calling you to, you will be, become part of a, of a great nation. And I'll be honest with you, this is a part of the body of Christ that I love. God calls us into uh, this thing that's so much bigger than ourselves. Uh, I remember some years ago, we were in Israel, and uh, we went to the garden tomb. The garden tomb is uh, believed to be the place where Jesus rose from the dead, and there's a lot of historic evidence to suggest that this is, in fact, the correct place. There was an early Byzantine church uh, from the year around 350 or something that actually uh, built a church on the location because they were absolutely convinced through eyewitness accounts handed down that that was the place. So they built an early church on that location and you could go there today and you can find this tomb. And what's interesting about the tomb is um, the tomb was made obviously for a wealthy person and the Bible says it was Joseph's tomb. And it's when you make a tomb for yourself, it's custom made. They chisel it out to fit your body, and that's where it is. And then it's uh, the tomb that they found that they believed to be Jesus' tomb uh, was quickly chiseled out, harshly and quickly, to just make room for somebody a little bit taller. Uh, it was at the very last moment when Jesus got off the cross where Joseph of Arimathea said, can I put him in my own personal tomb? And rushed to make it a little bit bigger and put Jesus in the tomb. But in this location of the tomb, we went over there, and uh, through Israel, we obviously we opened the Word and read the stories, and we also worshipped in these really key places in Israel, and it was really great. It was an intimate time with God going through the Holy Land, but inside this garden tomb, there, is a, uh, there used to be a big stone that rolled across the front, which was like a giant quarter that weighed you know, thousands of pounds, and it would sit in a little ditch and that's how the tomb was sealed. But today, because of visitors, it has actually a door mounted on the front that swings open. While we were in the tomb worshiping, I remember we were in there with our group just worshiping God and just going, wow, this is amazing that this is where Jesus was for three days and then he conquered death and after three days went and just came to life and threw off death and walked out of the tomb. It's amazing. So as we're in there worshiping, um, I didn't realize necessarily, but I guess the door opened and closed a couple of times. And when we were done worshiping, we worked, walked out of the tomb. And I was so surprised. There was, a, there was this guy from Japan. There was another guy from Nigeria. There was a girl from Brazil. There was somebody else from like Alaska. I mean, people from all, just these backpackers individually who also wanted to enter into this tomb experience. And it just reminded me, I came out and, and I realized, wow, we really are part of a bigger thing. We are part of a bigger family. We are part of a great nation, this nation of faith that started with Abraham. God says, I'm calling you out from this little world and I'm calling you into a much bigger thing. I'm calling you to be part of something so much bigger than 
yourself. We are called also into a great nation, this family of believers, this body of Christ. And it's such a powerful reality that Jesus says, when the world sees that we are one as he is one, then they will know that Jesus was sent by God. If, if, if the body of Christ just acts like the family of believers, the great nation, in the diversity, Christ-centered that we are, the world will see and go, whoa, that's a powerful thing that we're called into, being part of God's story. So much bigger than ourselves. He also says in this, when you're called into adventure, uh, you will be blessed. And the blessing is stuff you can't do for yourself. It's stuff I can't do for myself. The blessings of God are so much bigger than anything you can pull off or provide for yourself. The blessings of God defy what you're capable of. The blessings of God are like this. You can be praying for something and God can open a door of opportunity that you never would have got through on your own. You couldn't have pushed it open. You couldn't have kicked it open. You couldn't have negotiated your way through that door. But God can open a door for you. Uh, there's other things. We can go through life and have God's protection over us that there's no way you would have had that protection and that preservation. But God can do these things. These are the blessings of God that he can open doors and close doors and direct us and provide for us and, and, and just do all these amazing things. But he says, when you enter into this adventure, Abraham, when, you, when you're willing to come and walk with me and start joining me in my story, um, you will become part of a great nation, a bigger family, and you will be blessed. This is where we enter into uh, the things that only God could do for us. This is the promise of God. But it also says not just that you will be blessed, but you will be a blessing. You will become a blessing. Uh, this is another part of the story that we don't realize when we're living our life in our own world with our own story. We don't really think about being a blessing. We want to be blessed. We want to get things we want to get further, we want to accomplish goals and tasks and agendas and aim, and that might sound fine, but when we enter into God's story, God's like, you become part of something so much bigger, I will bless you, I will look out for you, I will protect you, I will provide for you, but you also will become a blessing, which means you and I get to be part of God's blessing and God's solution to those around us, and this is a big part of the faith that we're not just called to receive, but we're called to give, that Jesus modeled the greatest of all as the servant of all. So when we get called into this adventure, it has the element of how do I pour my life out to serve you, God? How do I represent you in this family that you're calling me into? Yes, I want to be blessed, but you're telling me to also be a blessing. This is what he's calling us into. Um, and then he says something pretty interesting that we don't really use this term very much, but he says, I will bless those who bless you, which is great. When people when God's favor is on you and people realize, I think I'm just supposed to, you know, give you this opportunity. And you're like, how did that happen? And God moved on somebody's heart. He somehow blessed us with an opportunity. He's like, people who bless you, I'm going to bless them. People who are kind to you, I'm going to be kind to them. People who are loving you and, 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 and looking out for you, I'm going to look out for them. This is God's sovereign. You and I can't do this, but God can watch because he sees everything. The eyes of the Lord go to and fro throughout the whole earth, the Bible says, looking for hearts that are completely his so he can strongly support them. And as God's looking, he sees people bless you and God's like, I like that. They're blessing my child and I'm gonna bless them. And if you have children, you know if somebody blesses your children, that's really close to your heart. Like, wow, they didn't have to do that. That was very kind. That was very gracious. Heavenly Father's looking down and says, when people bless my children, I will bless those who bless you. 
This is the family that he's calling us into. But here's an interesting thing, and this is the part we don't really discuss much. He says, I'll also curse those who cursed you. That's something that doesn't get a whole lot of airplay. There are people in our lives over the years, maybe, who have done harm. There are people who have said bad things, mean things, maybe done mean things, things you didn't ask for, things you didn't deserve. Maybe you were maligned in some way. Maybe people did things that were not beneficial through our lives. And this is because of the fall and the world we live in, this side of heaven, these kind of things happen. Here's the difference, though. Many people go through life carrying these things, the hurts and the burdens and the why me and all the, And they're very real. They're very real. And they are very painful. And they're not fun. And they are heavy. And we go through life carrying these. But when God calls us into this great nation and to bless us and to uh, be a blessing, he says, listen, I'm going to bless those who bless you, but listen, I'll curse those who curse you. He's saying, would you leave that up to me? When people have done things to you or do things to you, I see them. Would you trust me to be your defender? Uh, The Bible says, vengeance is mine, says the Lord. Some people have done some really bad things. And maybe you're here today and you've endured some things that were not just, they were not kind. You didn't ask for it, you don't deserve it, you didn't want it, and it did hurt you and it is a burden. He's saying, what I call you into when, when my story becomes part of your story, I also become your defender. And I will uh, bless those who bless you and I will curse those who curse you. And that's, that's hopefully will alleviate you and I from carrying any burdens of what about them and when is there going to be justice for what was wrong? It helps us to forgive and it helps us to say, God, you see this? You got this. You got this, God. And we move on in a glorious freedom because God sees, sees these things. And how many of you guys know that your daddy is bigger than their daddy? Do you know that? You need to know your daddy's bigger than their daddy. God sees all. God's like, I got this. I see it. Justice is mine. I will handle this. And so, so Abraham... Uh, God told Abraham he's part of a, a, a nation. I'm going to make this great nation. It's going to be this big family. It's going to be massive. And this became the family of faith. And here's the cool thing about this. It was such an epic turning point in the story right now in Genesis as we look at God revealing his nature to people. And when we get to Abraham, this is so monumental that even God, God, Elohim, as we referred to in the, in the text, he, people are like, well, who is he? Who is the creator that you're talking about? And you know what they started to say? They didn't just say God. Now they started to refer to God as the God of Abraham. Who are you talking about? The God of Abraham. So that when people are around you and you're walking in this family and you're walking in God, when God's story has affected your story and you're beginning to walk in the ways of God because he calls us from our things into his things and when we're doing that, people start to say, well, the God of, uh, you know, the God of Tom. The God of Tom. What God? Well, God. The, Tom, the God that Tom's talking about, that God. The, the God of Kathy, you know, she talks about God, and I, I believe that, you know, because they, they see God moving in someone's life, and God can be so subjective to what are you talking about, gods and spiritual things. Well, I, I think it's the God of the Bible that Tom's talking about, and that, that I, I see that in his life. And yes, the God of, does that make sense? Early on, people like, what God? Which God? What are you talking about? The God of Abraham, that what, that's what God the one who stepped into uh, his story became part of God's story and he began to walk with God in these things. That's the one. That's the God we're referring to. And guess what, what else they started to call him? The God of Abraham and the God of Isaac. Because Abraham had a son, Isaac. 
and they were walking in the ways of God. And everyone's like, well, I don't know much about them. We didn't have any recorded written scripture yet, but I do know one thing. The true God is the God of Abraham and Isaac. That's who he is. And then pretty soon they had a son. and His name was Jacob. And they said, who is God? Which God? Well, I'll tell you one thing. I don't know much about him, but he's the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob over there. Do you see what got started here? Do you see what got started? He steps into this adventure when God's story became his story and everyone's referring to the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. It's been said, you might be the only Jesus people ever see. You might be the only Jesus people ever meet. When you represent Jesus, you might be the only encounter they ever have with somebody whose heart's been changed by the living God. And so you and I represent in ways far beyond what we even come to terms with. You and I represent him. His spirit is leading us. We're, we're called to represent, to be light, to be salt, to literally represent Jesus, to be Christians or little Christ-like people. We're called to be doing this. And the and same thing happened to Abraham. They're like, well, I don't know much about God, but... I'm talking about the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And then later on, Jacob's son, Joseph, that God, the God of Abraham, and Isaac, and Jacob, and Joseph. And the whole world started to get exposure to God through this work that God began right here. Um, so here's, here's what's important. You can't deny this from the very beginning. Here's our third point this morning. It's very key. Um, when God calls us into faith, he calls us into his family of faith. When God calls us into faith, he calls us into his family of faith. Why is that important? Because so many have this idea that, yeah, it's just me and God. It's about me and God. But what about the family of faith? Oh, no, no, I don't do that. No, I don't do that. Just me and God. That's faith. Uh, that's absent from Scripture. The very father of faith, the where faith all began, when Hebrews points back to the, to the hall of fame of everyone who lived in faith and lived by faith and And God did amazing things where their story lined up with God's story and they went on great adventures. The entire hall of fame in the Bible regarding faith goes back to Abraham and it says, I'm going to make you part of a family, a big nation. I'm making you part of something. The Bible calls it the body of Christ, the family of believers. This is a a term we can't ignore when it comes to God encountering his people and calling us into life with him. Uh, But it's so important to know when God calls us into faith, He calls us into his family of faith. He doesn't ever call anyone to be isolated and solo. There is no such thing in historic Christianity of a Christian living outside of community. Do you know that? There was no time in history where God said, that's right, don't be be around anyone, just go do your own thing, I'm good with that. God didn't say that. He calls the orphans into families and we're all adopted sons and daughters of God, amen? Do you know that? We're all adopted into his, what? His family And so when God calls us into faith, he calls us into his family of faith, and that's really important. Um, So I'm not sure if the family of faith is a committed part of your life. Uh, I hope it is, uh, but but I would encourage you, especially on Back to Church Sunday, uh, to make the family of faith a key part of your life, uh, to keep holy the Sabbath, what God said we should do, and these are part of the things that he will bless us for, keeping the first day of the week, the Sabbath, keeping it holy, which means we do Sunday different from we do, uh, the way we do other days. Get with God, figure out what that means, but we do it different. And part of that is we put God first on Sunday and we meet with the family of believers. That's 2,000 years of the Christian faith doing that right there. And there's blessing that um, is, is part of his promise. So um, I would just say that getting back to church, back to church Sunday, 
Um, if we are getting back to the family of faith, we're getting back to church also. Um, the early church met in big groups and they met in small groups. Uh, they met as an assembly where we rallied and we celebrated God and we got revelation and knowledge and insight and perspective on his word and worshiped him, but also met in small groups where we can connect with one another and pray for one another and uh, help each other and fan each other into flame um, and do life together. And so as the story goes on uh, in the Bible, um, and, and we're going to be wrapping up, in fact, if the worship team wants to come up, this would be a, a great point to, 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 to resolve on this, but... Every one of these family members, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, every one of these family members realized that they each had a God-given role, a God-given role in God's story. See, God's story became their story, and we're going to unpack this more in the next few weeks, but when it did, they discovered a God-given role in God's story. And they all figured out what their role was. God, you want me to do this? You want me to leave here? You want me to go to this land of Canaan? For some reason, you say it's better. I'm going to go there. And you want me to do this? And uh, I'm going to be around people, but don't get caught up in the things they're doing. I, okay, God, I got you. I will do that. And, and, and what else should I do? And so the next thing is Isaac and then Jacob and then Joseph. And everyone's finding their role. Everyone's like, God, what do you want me to do? And what should I do? And how do I walk this out? And uh, you have a place in God's story too. The, the golden question is, what is your place in God's story? What is your place in God's story? And we will be looking at that more in the next uh, few weeks, but I would encourage you to write this down. At least it's our fourth point, is to discover your place in God's story because you have a place in God's story. You were wonderfully and fearfully made. I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, and they're not to harm you, that are prosper you and to give you a hope and a future. God has a place for you specifically in his family. We were created in Christ Jesus for good works, which he established before the foundation of the world. He had you in mind and certain things for us to walk out and walk in. This is a, a narrative that, that's stitched through scripture. It's not just a random verse somewhere. There's this principle of you and I discovering the very things that God is calling us to step into and walk in when his story becomes our story and the adventure uh, begins. And so uh, I just want to encourage you guys to do that, to say, God, what is my place in your story? And show me how to better get my story lined up with your story because I want full adventure. I don't want half an adventure. I don't want to look back at my life and go, yeah, I guess I could have fully entered God's story, but I didn't. Uh, we all want to be in a place where we go, you know what? I realize the magnitude of God's story and I can't help but enter into his story because his story is the story. His story is history and I'm entering into history when I start going on an adventure with God and my story lines up with his story. So let's uh, close in prayer. I want to ask God to seal this in our heart and what's important, guys, is if we don't get this down, then we end up being like clay that's on the potter's wheel, and we're telling the potter, no, don't shape me that way. I know what I should be. And the potter's like, oh, you have no idea what I'm about to make you into something really cool. And we go, no, 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 no. no I, I'm going to handle it on my own. I'll be a lump of clay over here. It'll be better. God's like, no, 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 you have no idea because I'm going to let add a little water. I'm going to shape you. I'm going to mold you. I'm going to transform you. I'm going to grow you into something so much bigger and magnificent than you ever were. And that's when his story becomes our story. 
and we say, God, you're the potter and I'm the clay. Transform me, conform me into your image. Let your story fully be my story. I want to walk out in history. I want to walk out my life in full adventure. I want to find my place in your story fully. And I, I, I trust that's your prayer this morning. Let's close and ask God to seal uh, some of these things in our heart. Mighty God, we just come before you um, this morning. And I thank you that you authored all history. Although you have no beginning and you have no end, uh, you give us a recorded one where, where it begins in the beginning, God. And Lord, you started everything, everything good, even in our lives, Lord. When we can say our life, looking back at our story, if we can say all of a sudden, there was a new beginning with God because that's where the new beginning begins. And at that place of new beginning, things started to change, things started to shift. Where Jesus, you tell us that if we believe in our, 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 our heart and confess with our lips that you're Lord, we get a brand new beginning. You remove all mistakes, all sin, all shortcomings, all of it. You wash it all away. You give us a fresh start. You put your spirit in us so that we can actually track along with your story. We can, we can resonate with the truth of your story. We, we have your word where we know your nature and your will and your ways, God. And you put these things in us, God, so we can walk victoriously on this adventure. God, I pray today, if there's any today that have not fully entered into your story, that today would be the day. If that's you today, just tell them in the privacy of your own heart, Lord, I'm putting you first. I'm doing it today. I'm getting, I'm, I'm jumping into your story. I'm just not asking you to chase me, God, and bless my story. Forgive me for asking you to bless my story, God, when I never even entered into yours. Lord, let us enter into your story today. Let us enter into your story today, God. And for anybody who's prayed that prayer, our prayer team's going to come up here after this. This has been a presentation of Valley Metro Church. To hear more messages or to support future podcasts, please visit us at valleymetrochurch.com.